You're listening to Radio MD. It's time to Ask Dr. Mike on Healthy Talk. Call or email to ask your questions now. Email Smith at RadioMD.com or call 877-711-5211. The lines are open. So my first question is, Dr. Mike, what's your opinion about carpet? You know, carpet in your home. Uh, should we remove it all? And that's all I have. I don't know the context of where this is covered. Uh, but it's an interesting question. There is, you know, we, we've talked before about um, sick office syndrome, sick building syndrome. Well, it turns out, though, there's also this idea of, you know, a sick home syndrome or a sick house syndrome. And carpet can can play a role in this. So I want to say maybe uh, 10 years ago, and please forgive me, I, I tried to Google it real fast, but I couldn't find it. I, there, there was a really good book uh, written from a carpenter's perspective about a sick house. And um, I think it was called The Sick House. Um, but I, as I said, I couldn't find it. And there was a part in that book. It was really one of the first books that opened my eye up to internal um, uh, you know, environmental toxins. You know, we always think of the we always think of toxins, environmental toxins, as being outside, but there's they're also inside. Uh, and so it's a, it was a great book, and there was a whole section on carpet. And m- now most of the book talked about new carpet and the number of different chemicals that are sprayed on new carpet. Um, for a variety of different reasons, uh, to help the color of the carpet last, anti-stain, anti-you know mold and fungus. I mean, it goes on and on. So they they douse new carpet in horrible chemicals. I mean, have you ever laid down new carpet before? And how bad it smells. I mean, that's the those are the chemicals that are that are leaching off. Um, there was a little bit in this book about also the older the carpet gets, a lot of those chemicals break down, the carpet is not as protective, you spill things on it, there's leaks, uh, that, that moisture can really get, you know, into the, to, into the, um, foam part of the carpet and that's when molds start to grow so on. So with early carpet, it's about the chemicals, older carpet, it's about the molds. Bottom line is, this guy in this book, it was a gentleman, a carpenter who said that we should, we should just have hardwood floors or tiles. Forget, forget carpet. That was his opinion. So to answer the question, what's my opinion about carpet? I do think it has some bad chemicals. I think it can grow mold, but I also – but that doesn't mean it has to be like that. I think, you know, steam cleaning carpet um, as much as you can. Um, and, you know, it, it, I, I think the best answer here is more that middle ground. You know, if, if you're living in a home and you're having issues, you're having – allergy symptoms maybe asthma is creeping in you're you're wheezing and you can't figure it out your doctor has no idea maybe it is something like your carpet maybe you need to look inside your home maybe in that particular case you do need to remove the carpets but i don't think that's for everybody um some people don't have any symptoms to it or they're not affected by it so they're probably okay so that you know you're, you, this this listener is asking this question, which tells me they most likely are having a problem. So for you, it's probably best to yeah remove it and if you can afford it. Lay down wood or tile and be done with it. So, anyways, that's my opinion. Carpet can be pretty um, pretty bad <laughs> overall, um, and if you're having symptoms, you probably should remove it. Okay, next question. Can, now, this was okay. I have to tell you, this was from. Um, 
a a listener, Dan. Let's see, his name is Daniel Stoin, and he signed it Dan Stoin, and his wife, I guess, partner Elizabeth. And this is about their their child. Um, and there was there's a whole backstory that he wrote in in this question. And but the the the, the main point he wanted, the main question he wanted answered was this. Can you please tell me what might be a safe dose for folic acid for a healthy boy who's around 60 pounds? And he goes on to say, what else? Now, his 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 child does have ADHD symptoms, right? Um, and maybe even some mild autism, okay, but otherwise a healthy boy. And he goes on to say, uh, what besides B-complex and vitamin C are necessary to uptake folic acid? And what other amino acids or any other supplement might help um, with his conditions? So here you have a young boy, healthy young boy for the most part, right? Um, with some attention deficit and some mild autism. It's an interesting story, and I'm not going to go into it all just for, for time's sake. But uh, this family... Um, you know, after it looks like he was diagnosed with autism, um, it looks like around age three, and they they tried lots of different things. Uh, they even went on something called the GAPS diet, which is the gut and psychology diet for leaky gut syndrome, and had some success there. And anyways, they even tried some medicines that apparently did nothing, but they've had some benefit with with folic acid. Folic acid is part of the B vitamin complex, uh, very important for you know, healthy nerve function. I mean, B vitamins are critical uh, for uh, central nerves. Those are brain cells and peripheral nerves. Um, so it's not surprising that they had some success here. And But it looks like, I think based on the question, that they want to push the dose a little bit. And the current dose that their son is taking is now they they wrote a thousand milligrams and I and so I'm saying that to to Daniel and Elizabeth I don't think you meant to write a thousand milligrams because that would be incredibly way 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 too high I think you meant to write a thousand micrograms which would be one milligram of folic acid that would be much better so I'm I'm making that assumption here. Um, and and so what would be a, a healthy you know safe dose well. Uh, in this case, um, with with the doctor's guidance, right? You please talk to your own doctor about this. But you know, on you know, being on one milligram or a thousand micrograms a day, that's a that's a decent dose. That, but there is room to move up. Um, there have been some studies looking at ADHD uh, and autism. Um, now, these were in more adolescent age groups, so that's why you got to talk to your own doctor, but they were using doses closer to 5 milligrams or 5,000 micrograms. Um, so there is room for you to move up and, it, in, in my opinion, probably safely move up, but you need to talk um, to your own doctor because those studies were done in a little bit older kids. Um, so so there is room to, to increase your folic acid dose. The next question um, are all the B vitamins and vitamin C necessary to help folic acid absorb? And the answer to that is is yes. I mean, you know, um, straight old-fashioned folic acid doesn't absorb well. There's another form called methyl tetrahydrofolate. That is a form that does absorb very well and doesn't really need a lot of extra nutrients to help it absorb. So I would suggest that you, you, you make sure you're taking methyl tetrahydrofolate 
um, and, and, and you don't have to worry so much about absorption. And then so the, the last part of the question, what are some other amino acids, et cetera, that can help with attention deficit and, and autism? Um, well, and, and, just, and, and keeping the answer just to supplements. Forget the, the dietary approach right now, but just to supplements, inositol, magnesium threonate, lithium orotate. Uh, those might be some ones to consider. Of course, the omega oils. I don't. I don't see anywhere here in this, in this um, email that you sent me, Dan. That you, that you're you're on fish oil. So maybe uh, your son's on fish oil. So maybe that's something else to consider too. So, so that's that's the answer for you, Dan. So you got some room to move up with the folic acid. Um, you can also consider the methyl tetrahydrofolate, so you don't have to worry about absorption. And then inositol, magnesium, three and eight. Those are probably my top two choices for you. And, and add the the omega oils. Um, very very interesting history with their son, and, and it looks like that Elizabeth and Dan have gone through a lot. Um, and you know they've tried a lot of things in the conventional side, um, and they seem very frustrated with that. Um, and that's why in some of these more complex cases, it's really a it's really a integrative approach that's the best approach you guys so supplements diet drugs all those can work together to give you the results you want this is healthy talk on radio md i'm dr mike stay well